you're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that, you know, Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various historic Colorado, Florida, New York, and California beer districts. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over a million times all over the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. We've got a very special guest tonight that you will be hearing from later for our Trail of the Month segment, but we're not going to say who it is now. Where is everyone signing in from tonight? I am in Lakewood, Colorado. Oh, nice. I am in Tallahassee, Florida. I'm in the bedroom in Salida. I'm not in the bedroom in Salida. And Dilo (laughs) is currently MIA like Chuck Norris. So maybe he's on on tofu duty. Yeah. He's grilling tofu. Yeah, he's taking tofu out of the. Is he he still in New York City? Is he still in the Bronx? Nothing. I I think he's back, but I don't know. He's back in Colorado. I thought I saw something about him back. Yeah, didn't he say something yeah. on the on the thread? I think he's back. There was a long line at Home Depot today, uh, so I think he is. He was back. in there. Very good. He had to you... get his organic trash bags. Pod, <laughs> what's on the menu this evening? Or- organic trash bags? Yeah, uh, we've got some. We all got some beers to talk about. That's exciting. We've got some. We have some missives, I believe. Yes. We have some hotline calls we didn't Mm -hmm. get to play those last month some trip reports we have some new monthly donors pretty exciting and some Mm one-offs and uh it looks like we have some ask a hiker questions that's exciting yeah and you know the the regular shenanigans things of that nature let's talk about beer of the month pod me muting d-lo all that kind of stuff if if he shows, I mean, right, TBD. Totally. Right out of the gate, I want to mention. Oh, it's kind of invisible because of I have the virtual here. background. No, we're enjoying. Oh, this is this is salty. Dropped these off earlier today. Oh yeah, it's the Goza style ales from Truve Brewing Company out of Denver. This is called the Prehistoric Dog. And again, I'm having mm. trouble showing you because of. The- well, they can only hear the audio, so it's okay that, that you can't show it. Very good. I am drinking the June Shine Hard Kombucha, the Honey, honey Ginger Lemon mm. out of San Diego, California. Um, I don't think this is probably the very best Hard Kombucha. I am Hard Kombucha curious because I like kombucha, but I don't think this tastes enough like the... I really like the real strong kombuchas. See, I don't. And that's why I, I like this. This is a I like really... the ones that are like straight vinegar. You know, I want no, no, the no, enamel no. on my teeth to oh. come off. And um, <laughs> this one's a little too mellow for me. 
that's that's why it's so great yeah. if you're not into kombucha you might like this as an option um it's a little more like hard soda or something Tastes by the way too. hard soda is coming specifically hard mountain dew so get ready trail, trail show will be oh trying god that. no it's happening they've got three flavors is, that are coming is out is going to shotgun it in the shower <laughs> oh god absolutely we do that. yes absolutely yes. yep it's happening what are you guys drinking i'm drinking a uh let's see dry dock brewing company um mm. this is in i think arvada aurora Colorado, aurora let's see and uh i've got the blood orange um blonde mm. Ooh, it's blood 5.2 alcohol uh yeah i i like it i'm i'm almost done with this first can i'll probably have another one and then i've got something else i'm going to open later in the show oh Ooh, surprise i've got um a, a grapefruit rattler called the rad lord from well, that's good Brewing company oh, we had that didn't we yeah we we did we did tried you? that when oh, we, we tried it at Whole Foods. Yeah, nice. in Tallahassee, I think it's very good. I uh, I was not as you know the most the least educated beer drinker on this show. I was like, "What is a Rattler?" So I looked it up, and it comes from Germany. Some innkeeper named Franz Kugler in a small town named Diesenhofen, just outside of Munich, used to have like beers for bicyclists, and he created this trail to his little his store that he sold these beers at. And one day, 13,000 cyclists crashed his store and he was running out of beer. So he started mixing it 50-50 with lemon soda. Yep. And that's it. That's history. So for those of you who are equally uneducated, I found that interesting. And read the ABV. Great. Read the ABV on that can. It's 4%. Oh. No, 4.5%. Okay. 4.5%. The one POD and I tried, also a grapefruit rattler, was two point something percent so you could just you could drink yeah. it like water i don't know i i kind of like the the low abv stuff with that's like that you know yeah especially on uh on on the summer days yeah absolutely especially good, when good you're stuff. outside in florida for 10 hours straight <clears throat> day in day out <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's yeah. why I like shandies. Shandies are pretty yeah. much same, same thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Beauty, is that all we've got for beer of the month? Isn't uh, that supposed yeah. to be Delo's segment anyway. Where, where the frick is Delo? It's his own segment. He's not even here. Maybe he'll do two tofu of the month. Yeah, he'll tell us. He'll tell us all about the <laughs> extra the, firm, uh, the three day marinade that he put the tofu through before he. Oh my God! Put it on the grill. This All right. Tastes like nondescript jelly. This one also tastes like nondescript jelly. He's probably making his own charcoal <laughs> little now from like yard debris. It's all about the texture, though, with tofu. Dilo, are we correct with that? That it's all about whether it's firm or extra firm or not as firm when it comes to tofu. Extra firm all the way. Okay, so it's got to be yeah, extra firm. Well, I don't. I don't even really know why anybody would buy tofu that's not extra firm. Like. What what's the point, Dilo? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking some water right now. What? Yeah, dude, we sent you ten bucks. I just You're supposed to. I know. Like, it's load upstairs. Up on... I just. <laughs> I, I just. I rushed back from the grill. From I, we just had a delicious dinner of tofu sausages, and it was lovely. We had some ramen and tofu sausages. It was out of this world. We had some um, 
baby greens. Oh, delicious. Absolutely delicious. Tofu sausage? Is that real? Is that a real thing? I think oh, that they, smiles they do all like... sorts of ungodly things to tofu. I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably it's probably a real thing, but I can't say that I have ever cooked a tofu sausage. I haven't done it. However, I would like to say that I am a big fan of the plant-based beef. Oh, I haven't tried those. I highly recommend it. And it's actually very useful for camping because while you have to keep it cold, it's not going to grow bacteria the way that normal beef does. So if it happens to get a little warm, you're not going to, you know, cook up a bunch of E. coli for your family type hmm. of thing. Can I tell you guys a quick story that that just brought to mind? Oh, sure. Why not? I was recently at the Shattuck household, staying there a couple of nights. See? And I went I went into the gear room. And the gear room also has most of the trail food and stuff. Random big boxes of fruit gummies and Pop-Tarts and, you know, Cheez-Its and Starbursts and all, all the health food. And <laughs> I look on the floor and there's like Twinkle had emptied his pack from some trip and there was still the stuff on the floor. Malta. And I look... And there's no, there's a Boar's Head turkey sandwich in a clamshell, which I purchased for him at the store, the grocery store in Aspen when he and I did the Bell's Traverse together, which was probably two weeks prior to when I was at his house. We're, so we're it talking, this is a $10 sandwich, floor, right? This it was $5. Thing? It was $5. $5. Oh, really? I oh. mean, he paid me back. I don't care about okay. that. No, I'm I saying just, it's like I just recognize it because I'm the one that, he asked me to get some stuff from him and I yeah. and I recognize it because I'm the one that got it. And so it was them, it still recognizable with all the mold and such. It was recognizable, but I'm like, dude, you gotta you gotta throw this away. Your dog's gonna accidentally get into it and like you're gonna have a problem. Like he's like, Oh yeah, I should. And then just close the door. <laughs> anyway. Whoa. Yeah, back to the plant-based beef. It's an awesome car camping food. Make tacos with it. Um, put it on in pasta sauce to give yourself some protein. And you're not going to worry about it uh, going bad like you would with beef. You get it on your hands. You play with it. You mold it. You know, you're like, well, this stuff is fun. Well, then I would be worried <laughs> yeah. about it. Well, why? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you get it on your hands. You play with it. You know, you're moving it around, shaping it shaping it making it into meatballs maybe um you don't have to sanitize your hands afterwards you know you're, you're good to go would you shape it into a dinosaur nugget no but i i have a <laughs> I, I gotta i know somebody that would like their plant-based beef shaped like a dinosaur nuggets little guy nugget. out back he's eating a to he's eating a tofu sausage right now wow yeah Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. Okay, so um, I guess I'm just going to mention real quick. Uh, I'm not even going to consider it like a news item. But yeah, half the country's on fire. So that's not cool, man. Uh, I just flew back from Florida and the whole way it was pretty much smoky. And if you look at that web that I talked about uh, previously on the show, um, my gosh, it's it's a pretty fiery, smoky uh, situation out there. So everybody, oh. uh, be be safe where you're recreating. And um, 
kind of throughout the country at this point that that also means like maybe maybe even like recreating in other places um if you can or i don't know being aware of at least all of the particulates that are in the air the stuff's not healthy the air quality index in denver a few days ago while i was not actually here uh but it was uh it was the worst in the world that was saturday all, all of the smoke yeah so yikes yikes especially yeah. i resorted to indoor lap swimming this week just Man, so i could exercise not in the smoke i think that's a good idea i think a certain amount of like uh when it's when it's that bad out you try to avoid going out not to mention if you're driving around and stuff like that during uh huge smoky events where all of that particulate and all that stuff is hanging low in the atmosphere and just blanketing the ground driving around is not real great either because it's increasing all of the other air pollution that we don't we don't want so um anyway yeah uh fires Whew, man sucks in local colorado news there was uh a mountain rescue aspen volunteers group that was out uh trying to locate a wisconsin man who had been missing uh, they found his body and were trying to recover it when they themselves were actually uh, caught in a rock slide and three of them were injured. Um, not a lot of information on like how badly they were injured or anything, um, but I just kind of wanted to, you know, use it to talk about two things real quick, which is hiking alone, uh, especially hiking alone in dangerous exposed high alpine types of places uh and also uh just search and rescue and the fact that a lot of these organizations you know they they're volunteers um even when they are professionals they are often volunteers um and when i say professional i mean like staffed to do it or whatever so anyway pe people go out and and uh have to recover you if you make bad errors and i'm not saying don't go solo i'm not saying don't go solo into mountains but, you know, uh, it's dangerous and you always have to be very aware. And there's some places where it's really just not a great idea. Uh, they did recover this, this uh, gentleman's body um, off of the knife edge on Capitol Peak, which is notoriously one of the 150 feet of most deadly and dangerous um, 14 on in, in the state. So um yeah i don't know pod didn't you just do a little bit of 14 arena do you I did uh, it seems to me you were doing it with some partners right i did the bells traverse with twinkle and his uh his, his uh sandwich um and we've all survived to the current time actually the sandwich is still mm -hmm. with us um yeah i did the bells traverse and and uh Twinkle had told me last summer that that was one that I shouldn't do by myself. And I also think you shouldn't do it with people you haven't hiked with before and stuff. It's definitely, it was definitely more challenging than the other stuff that I've done, the other 14ers that I've done. Mm -hmm. I did Snowmass by myself and Pyramid by myself, but those are whatever. It's not an issue. And I did Thunder Pyramid with Monica Shattuck. So. We did meet some people that were like, I'm thinking about doing the traverse and they were by themselves and mm -hmm. of course didn't say anything to them. But um, I definitely do think 
that one in particular and probably the traverse between little bear and blanca yep. are ones that you would want to do with someone so that i i think there's definitely uh a, a number of places where even if you typically go solo you, you maybe ought to have a partner for and and i do think that the knife edge of capital is one of them uh i do think um that yeah the the traverse between the bells is certainly one of them i did um, do capital by myself i had yeah this is, this is a question i have just from what what does hiking with someone else give you that hiking alone doesn't on these on these peaks as far as safety goes is it another set of eyes another set of like opinions on the route you're taking y yes, yes both both of those both i think those. it encourages you to make better decisions like I i'm a lot better now but i'll be honest like two years ago i would be more willing to take risks that were not necessary or not wise um yeah. I did that on the Wind River High Route, and Disco was like, "Oh man, what you're doing is crazy." And he was like, "I'm not doing that." And halfway through doing it, I was like, "Wow, this is really dumb what I'm doing." And I've gotten myself into a situation where going up or going down has the same risk, and it's an unnecessary risk. And yeah, so, I, so I've I've really tried to get better about making that because I often hike by myself. Um, Disco works during the summer, and I just end up going by myself. But um, but when I'm with other people, you can discuss like, hey, maybe not right there. Like, look, let's go like four feet over to this crack over here, or let's go around this little mm -hmm. arm right here and see if there's just something right on the other side. Like, it just allows you to be a little more patient, I think, and and problem solve together. And that's exactly it. And yeah. and if you have sort of the agreement, so like when when Luke and I did the 14ers through hike. You know, we we always kind of had this agreement that uh, whoever felt the most conservative about it, whoever was like most, uh, I don't know, always got to make that call, uh, and that it, it it needed to simply be respected. You know, yeah. Um, and I think that when you've got two people that are looking at the same problem, even if they're both experienced and know what they're doing. You know, it's just a little bit better because you're always going to make, I think, a more conservative call than than you might otherwise, just because that other person might have a little bit more of a mm, before they just like go and do it. And and I think that that's really good for for kind of controlling that that more impulsive or like, yeah, I can do that or like not really mm -hmm. thinking about it that that you can get in the mindset of doing Question for D'Lo. D'Lo, if you had had another person with you that fateful day on your cross-country <laughs> skis, would you have avoided breaking your collarbone? Probably not. No, because I think I think we I think if there was somebody skiing with me, we both would have got to the top of that little hill and assessed the situation and said, "This looks pretty sweet." It's but what the if they had gone in front of you? What if what if they had been first? Um. I don't know. Maybe it would have been them who smashed. That, that's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the thing, thing is, about... the thing is, in like most places, it I don't think it matters all that much, right? If you're hiking just like normal terrain, you're you've got some experience, whatever. But if you're in a in a high exposure, high consequence sort of a a, a situation, then that's really the kind of time that 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 having that extra set of eyes and that extra perspective keeps both of you safer. Yeah. The other thing is that there was one spot on the traverse where it was not the actual proposed route. 
and Twinkle went up that way and I was not able to. And once he got up there, he was like, yeah, that's not, this is not a good way to come up. He had approach shoes on. I had ultras. Um, and also he's just a much better climber than I am. So, so he walked around the top and looked down and I also walked around at the bottom and together we were able to find a route that was easier for me to go up, you know? And then I did that on pyramid. I passed a couple and then they were kind of looking up and they kept following me. And I took a route on this one edge near the top that was extremely exposed. And I was like, Hey, once I got up to the top, I, cause I could see they were following me. I was like, don't come this way. Like yeah. there's a better way over there. Like just D- go. Don't follow way. me. Go that way. Yeah, is exactly. Like, is it just like that simple phrase can, can be enough <laughs> yeah, to, put you, totally. to put you from like, okay. To, or from not okay to okay. Mm-hmm. So Question. anyway, so that was, uh, that was one story. Um, let me see. Let me get my other thing back. Uh, let's see. And then, um, the other story is the, we've talked about it, I think a little bit before the trans Caucasian trail. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, uh, another article I saw just popped up about it and I guess, uh, they're going to be commissioning like a, uh, quite a bit of it or like a segment of it, um, in 2022. Uh, so a 517 mile spe- segment is expected. Uh, to be actually unveiled later this year. Um, but the Trans-Caucasian Trail basically links Europe to, and Asia through the Cauc- Caucasus Mountains. My gosh, I thought this was like the transsexual white people's trail, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's not for people who just Different think they're trail. white, which I, I mean, like... Unbelievable! Uh, it's mostly white people. I, I, um, you said Trans-Caucasian, and that's where my mind went. Yeah. Um, so... Um, in any case, uh, this, this, uh, span is going to, uh, go all the way across Armenia and Georgia, um, Azerbaijan. Yeah. Georgia, uh, and Armenia. And then the other segment, cause so there's going to be like a sort of an East West and a North South, the, uh, North South will go from the Northern border of Iran. Uh, to Georgia's uh, high peaks through Georgia and Armenia. And then the other one is going to be east-west that'll go through Georgia and Azerbaijan. Uh, and it'll connect um, the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. Wow, this sounds like a so, super safe area of the world to go long distance hiking in. By it's going to be 1,900 miles. <laughs> I mean, um, it looks a little bit better than some spots I could think of. Yeah. Uh, There's probably not much forest fire smoke there right now. Gosh, I hope there isn't. There might for be their, some civil. There might be sake. some civil wars. You might have to reroute around a civil war or two. But I you mean, know. you know, those come and go, right? They come. Yeah, and go. yeah. Dilo, that's entirely inappropriate. Trail show historians <laughs> might remember that we interviewed Dylan Enigma Dice on Trail Show ninety two mm-hmm. in March of twenty twenty about the Trans Caucasian Trail. Oh, I thought that guy was oh, a trans. Oh. I thought he was from tra- a white guy from Transylvania. No, oh, I didn't realize we were talking. Oh, huh. no. Okay, Dilo, you I? should go back and listen to old episodes of March the show in twenty twenty. Coast, yes, show huh. ninety two. Get into Where it. Where was I? I don't know, man. You were probably with. So, Amish. in any case, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool that there's some <laughs> some additional uh, a pretty a pretty hefty chunk that they're gonna be opening up. 
Um, this year, there's the 517 mile section and then uh, summer 2020, there's a 750 mile preliminary version of uh, the south route that's gonna be opening as well. So uh, pretty neat, it's strung together through, you know, um, some old trails, Soviet Jeep tracks, some newly constructed trails, uh, and uh, it's going to be going through, you know, something like two dozen different existing or proposed national parks. So pretty, pretty neat. If you're looking for some international stuff in the next several years, uh, maybe, maybe give it a thought. I kind of, I think it looks pretty neat. Sounds actually really cool. Jokes about civil you're wars muted, Disco. Sounds like an adventure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and if you want to, you can contribute to, uh, to my campaign. I'm going to start up on Patreon. I, I want to, I want to go hike on Mars on Olympus mods. I'm going to see if Elon Musk will give me a, give me a ride. So, uh, <laughs> go fund me. You got to go fund me going special. Uh, I, for, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I think it's going to cost a lot. So if, if I can raise several, several billion dollars, um, I just want to go hiking on Mars. I think it'd be cool, you know. I thought so, you already are on Mars right now. Yeah, your I mean, background. That's, that's that's what my screen says. But special in POD, you two might be interested in this. Um, I think my oldest son was telling me recently that astronauts, when they're on a space mission, drink uh, a mix of filtered urine. So, um, so to minimize the amount of water that they have to take on the spacecraft, they drink, they kind of treat and purify their urine, extracting the solids and kind of making it more, more just pure H2O, and then drink that. So this uh, sounds like something you would be interested. In. Yeah, this wow. sounds no, like no, no, no. This is no. I mean, you I didn't realize. No, Boulder not, was a I never, I never participated. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the company yeah. that, uh, that that does all of the systems for that, like engineers the systems for that, is that a isn't that a Boulder based company? Maybe there's a lot of space things happening here in Boulder. Mm. But anyways, there's also just, some urine drinking could, going yeah. on. Yeah, we, <laughs> it seems like the perfect match. Pure match made urine. in heaven. <laughs> we could move on. I just thought you two would so be interested in that. now at the Whole Foods you know? in Boulder, I can get my purified urine and I can get my raw urine right next mm -hmm. to the raw water. Well, I mean, if you're going to purify your own urine, you know, like, but I mean, really, why hey, do you need to Hey, if you drink it to... straight, it's already pure. Why do you it's need true. to go to Whole Foods to buy urine when, you know, you're a urine producing being yourself? right yeah maybe i want the urine of others maybe i want specific types of urine oh well, yeah, I want, yeah. A different yeah. bouquet yeah i want someone who's the vegan <laughs> right i want some vegan urine yeah somebody who just had a nice Free -range dinner of, of plant-based beef that's right yeah <laughs> what else that's it that's all <laughs> i had yeah man i don't and even know the, the what trail news was done and then there's the joke <laughs> about mars and then i don't know what happened i mean i i thought we were covering a new story on plant-based beef i i don't even i, I got lost maybe we apparently, could get it maybe apparently we had a correspondent in the field for a, a special segment about uh plant-based beef in the, I got in the a, caucasian mountains I just want to say <laughs> another thumbs up for the honey ginger lemon from June Shine Hard Kombucha Low Sugar 6.0% ABV, probably zero IBUs. <laughs> Delicious. I I'm shocked Ooh. that I like this as much as I do. This now, prehistoric I, dog from Truve is is this is the one sour. that Salty brought us. Yes. And I gotta say, 
the thing that I like most about this is that it's salty. It's sour too. <laughs> it's also very salty. This is how I like my. This is the the salt level I like in my salads too. Mm. What salt on your salads, huh? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Salt huh. Oh yeah. Salad. So much salt. Huh. You can put pepper on your salad too. Oh, yeah, yeah, put pepper on there, but the yeah. salt's more important. Yeah, like pepper is normal. Pepper. Oh, so, let, so tell salt. me more, middle-aged so white guy. What else is normal? All right, plant-based plant right. beef right. is another one. The original spice. Plant I'm whacking the tubes. <laughs> Triple O. Can we go? Wait, I've got line? one more news segment. Wait a minute, what? I thought it was over. It's a historical news segment. It's just that that salt is has literally been like the oldest spice that we've ever used yeah. as a species since before we were a species. Okay, there it is. Good. Anyway, thank you. It. Is that the news segment? You ran yeah. out yeah, the that was news story. Okay, let's go to the hotline. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the hotline. <laughs> great. I hope it's about salt. Call the Trisha. Call the Trisha. Um, this is the leprechaun on the 2021. <gasps> Mine hike, also known as the historical trash hike, also <laughs> known as you could jeep there if you wanted to. Um, so, Pierre, do you want me to explain why um, my ass is on fire? Because <laughs> I've been using paper towels as toilet paper. Really, I thought you know you could use that one, you could use that one half of a thing, and you're just gonna save. I was gonna say because it's kind of a little, you know, it's robust and but small, and you can just use one at a time, and that works. But uh, my ass really hurts now. Anyway, San Juans are really crumbly and slippery, um, and they're very steep. Okay, bye. <laughs> so that was our friend, the leprechaun. He lives Paper in Crestown. And he did a through a loop of, of various abandoned mines, I guess. A through. And uh. apparently he texted us mid hike and was like, my ass is on fire. And I was like, why? And he's like, because I'm using paper towels for toilet paper. And I was like, but why? So yeah, anyway. but why? That's, so I guess I, I don't logic think we've was that. I don't know. I mean, the bidet, if there was ever a hike to use the I, country bidet, it would be. The mine hike in Colorado in wildfire season with the smoke and the heat and record setting temperatures and not paper towels for the love of God. And if, I mean, if all always you're carrying, today, but yes. If you're all, all you're carrying are paper towels by day oh. two, you're going to be sad. And then you still only have paper towels. So <laughs> I bet he's going to take a while to recover. Man. I think the problem is the leprechaun. We know him. He's also very small and durable. And tough so maybe he was thinking the you know the, the little paper towel piece you know he i also wonder what kind of paper towels he's using mm. he's probably yeah. using are those these, shop these towels like, yeah if these are if it's like budget paper towels <laughs> then that might not be very good you know it's like oh, some, some bounty quicker picker upper stuff maybe we're gonna be i i, I don't know they, they're not all equal Bounty think, is the uh, quicker ripper upper for your. I think he was using great value brand Angel Soft. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, like trip, triple O. How many hotline calls do we have tonight? We've got four more. Wow. Oh wow. Two oh, are very nice. short. Two are very short. Let's do another one. Yeah, let's okay. do one of the long ones. Okay. okay. Thank you, Leprechaun. Here we go. This is an interesting market research. 
What's up, Trail Show? Goltech here. That's goal-oriented and technology on the trail for that trail main meeting. First, I need to set the table for you and how I hike the PCT. I do a couple sections a year, and I carry trail magic of supplies of chips, candies, and via coffee as trail magic for each of the Novo hikers I meet on the trail. I just got back from embracing the brutality by doing the Dunsmuir to Belden section in the heat wave and gave trail magic to 215 Novos on my way Sobo. Fortunately, the trail was very clean, not even any historical trash or the elusive mud falcon. I even got to give away my 3,000th trail magic since 2011 to Shaggy just south of Old Station. Anyhow, now to the real reason for my call. I had the idea this year that as part of my magic giveaway, I'd also ask each thru-hiker if I met if they had heard of or listened to the trail show for your recent show about that. Oh, no. I decided to be one of your donators by giving you a buck 30 for each hiker that had listened to the trail show. Oh, no. So let's start with the good news. I would submit that there was one guy who had heard of the show and had listened to a few episodes. Then, moving down the line, there were three hikers that had heard of the trail show but hadn't listened to it. That leaves us with 211 who had never heard of the trail show. One of them was chewing tobacco, and I could hardly understand him, so I slapped him around a little bit. The hikers did resonate bigly with the tagline, less gear, more beer, and many were interested and took notes of the show to check it out. I did think it was funny that the most common question was, quote, what was the name? Unquote. Um, the trail show. It doesn't get more simpler than that. So it sounds like I owe you a buck thirty plus half a buck thirty for the ones who had heard but not listened to it for grand total of three dollars and twenty five cents. I tell you what, I'll bump that up to a more respectable number to help out the marketing department and maybe to get some cool swag. And I can't help but think that you know Gold Tech bump for the trail show. As a through listener of this fine podcast, let's get it going to the next generation of hikers. I actually gave Trail Magic back in 2015 near Cajon Pass to Bear Sweat and Tough Broad, hiking the PCT oh, for their honeymoon. Nice. They were the 1,510th of my magic to hikers, by the way. So I leave you with this. Peace and love. I told 215 of my friends for you. Sorry, I must have had too much of Dilo's influence on the length of this call in Disco. Thanks for the sleeping pad recommendation from the not-to-be-mentioned company. I love it as a slide sleeper. Big improvement. Goaltech out. Favorite nice. call of nice. the show so that far. That was great. That, that was, was fantastic. Great. He passed, that's, a, that's a lot of thorough. trail magic. He passed along the word to 200-plus people directly. Yeah. That's awesome. That's That's got to be a trail show record of some kind. It, oh, it I, does worry me that the people who are on the trail now don't know who we are, though. I have it's, to admit, I am I am concerned. No, one of them concerning. knew. What? <laughs> one, and then a couple of people had heard. Yeah, it's concerning to me. Yeah, I I don't know what to say, D'Lo, Except we should just make up a fake the PCT pass. Is the truth like, the, like a, a fake what? alternate pass from the trail show, like an alternate permit. <laughs> No. We can <laughs> issue. We'll, we'll just start yeah, we'll just issue a trail show permit. It'll say this won't help you with anything, but but you can <laughs> have it and carry it. You can start. <laughs> it will not help you on whatever Gold day tech. you start on. Gold Tech, our hats off to you, sir. Thank you for spreading the word. And he, the man was doing. By the way, that section of trail he just mentioned, um, Belden to wherever. Belden, that section of the PCT is a no-go zone. It might be, it's, it might it's be in gone. the middle of the Dixie Fire, which is yeah. 
yeah. what is smoking out all of the West, including Colorado? Like he must have done his section, you know, right over, before that happened. Yeah, yeah. like six or when weeks it was ago. smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Belden, hmm. Belden, and Chester were in. Chester was spared. Belden, I'm not so certain about because that town oh, of Greenville was. Didn't I, they evacuate most of yeah. Chester? I think the Belden Town Resort did not burn. Okay. Good. I think I saw something about that. I was read. I was reading about this last night. I gotcha. think the Belden Town Resort did not burn. Yeah, and Chester was spared. The fire went around in near wow. Chester, but the town itself, I think, is okay. But yeah, but I don't know. That town of Greenville was is very close to Belden, and that was. <laughs> burned up pretty badly let's take a break when we come back we've got our trail of the month is trauma and i've never listened to the trail show we're back from break yo it's time for the show yo let's hear it now disco five four three two the one yo hey lagunitas i wanted to call and just say how much i enjoy your ipa and appreciate your ad campaign with public radio um you truly do put the pub in public radio great beer more beer <laughs> curious curious ales, right curious yep, they do they i love it when the lady from npr says sponsored by lagunitas putting the pub in public radio so did he confuse the trail show hotline number with lagunitas brewing company's phone number i guess so i can see how you could make that mistake, An obvious yeah. For hot, mistake. Yeah, i think npr is probably like like special just said or i mean probably much more likely that they think we're npr trail show nation our next guest needs no introduction, but she gets one anyway. She is editor-in-chief at treelinereview.com and author of the award-winning book, Long Trails, Mastering the Art of the Thru-Hike. But she's better known to us as Trail Show 6 Chair. Let's give it up for Liz Snorkel Thomas. Hola. Arriba total. Great Snorkel. to be back on the trail show. It's been too long. Snorkel, how have you been? Uh, I've been good. I just got back like a little more than a week ago from big section hike in the Sierra on the PCT Ooh. slash JMT. But, you know. Did, did you get thing. run off the trail by fires? I did. It was um, a little bit of bummer because this would have been, I'd been saving the Sierra for my very last section of my completion of my section hike of the PCT, my second end to end of the PCT. And um, yeah, it's it, it didn't end up happening because I still got those fire miles to pick up. It was a little scary because, um, you know, like I checked the PCTA's website and it was like, oh, you'll see some smoke, it'll be fine. And then, um, you know, like as I'm getting into the next section, I'm checking my phone, it's like, oh, you'll see smoke, it'll be fine. And then like, I'm looking and I'm like, I don't know about this. 
So this is that fire that went from 500 acres to 18,000 acres in, uh, I, I think it was 36 hours. Oh, pretty quick. Wow. Uh, so oh, yeah, man. when I woke up, um, you know, I kept hiking towards the fire because you know that's what you do when you're a hiker being like oh it'll be fine and then i whenever when i got reception next i was like oh boy this is not fun i gotta book it out of here they had closed the section i was in on both ends <laughs> so wow. i just had to get out of it and they closed it overnight they closed it about two hours after i last had reception oh my so. god how many hikers do you yeah. think were in that section you know, we, the section that was where I was, there were, you know, like was pretty far, but they were not taking any chances just because it had blown up so quickly. Mm. Yeah. But did you have any indication when you were hiking towards it that it was going to like, you know, that it was going to get big? I mean, was the, the plume of smoke oh, yeah. pretty oh, visible? Yeah. Was it getting bigger? Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Did you, it was, did you, yeah. It was, it was a big old mushroom cloud. Uh, yeah, but I talked to a bunch of, of uh, northbounders. I so I southbounded this section because uh, I prefer the, the, the southbound lifestyle. Um, and mm. uh, yeah, they were like, "Oh yeah, we saw firefighters." They were like, "Yeah, BCT's open. Keep going. You'll see. You'll you'll get really close to the flames." And they were showing me photos of like, "Oh yeah, that's that's the BCT really close to flames." But um, yeah, it got to a point where they're like, "Yeah, we're not we're not going to risk this anymore with hikers going through," which oh, yeah. you know. 2021 for you what a mess okay so let's transport ourselves to wales and yeah. the location of our trail of the month which is called the snowdonia way i believe yes yeah and correct yes, me if i'm wrong but is the entirety of this trail within snowdonia national park in wales yeah you know I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how other countries think around national parks, think hmm. about national parks, because there's definitely like thriving communities and farms and people and hmm. uh, like electro, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like dams within the park. But um, I think, you know, like it, it's in this natural area where there's mountains. And actually this is, um, I think besides Scotland, this is the, largest section of like high altitude by by british standards um like open mount undeveloped mountains which oh, wow. is pretty cool so what is high altitude in wales three thousand feet wow okay okay so did you have any trouble breathing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, like it was pretty steep getting to some of those 3000 footers or 4,000 4, footers. So, um, you know, at times, uh, uh, I think through my own exertion, perhaps there was trouble breathing, but it was not like being on the uh, Southern Sierra High Rock, for example. Take us to the beginning. Did you go to the UK just to hike this route in Wales or were you doing a couple of different things over there? And you're like, oh, I'll just knock off the Snowdonia way while I'm out here. Yeah, so uh, Mr. G, my partner, had a work trip out in the UK, and we were visiting friends and visiting family, um, kind of, yeah, put, doing a couple of things, and we wanted to go do um, a, a short through hike while we were there, and we looked to do a few things. We looked into Hadrian's Wall. We'd looked into going to the Lake District. I actually uh, emailed a friend of a friend being like, hey, just, I've been thinking about the Lake District. He was like, don't do it, man. It's so crowded and there's yeah. tons of people. And like, this is a guy who had hiked the, you know, he's a British guy, but he'd hiked the PCT and he was like, 
man, there's so many places with all these rules about where you could camp and backpack. And like, you know, he had very much so like a PCT hikers mentality of like, you know, you just want to go out there and like have it be wild. And so he suggested looking into Snowdonia. So we kind of poked around and found uh, the Cicerone book, which is kind of like the uh, out of order might be very familiar with these guys (laughs) Um, for the Snowdonia way. It had just come out um and yeah we hiked this in may um and it come out like two months before so we couldn't really find Mm. any info of anyone who had hiked it besides like the guidebook author so we're like all right this sounds cool let's go okay you said it's a short through hike how long is it uh so it's one of those classic like european routes where like there's a low route and a high route and you can kind of choose in between um, so if you were to do all the sections as the low route, it's uh, 97 miles. And if you do all the sections of the high route, it's 122. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Now, we know that you prefer the Sobo life. Which direction <laughs> did you hike the Snowdonia way? Um, yeah, actually, this is, this is a funny problem because, yeah, we southbounded it. And it, the guidebook is written as a northbound hike. Oh. Sounds a lot like TMD and my uh, Sierra high route. Yep. <laughs> um yeah so uh i think um yeah that you know it was it was a lot of like reading the guidebook backwards that, that's a lot of fun did you use like a mirror for that or yeah <laughs> you did you just start at the back of the sentence and work your way forward it's like how does it work that like paragraph at a time sentence at a time start at the end of the you chapter know. and work your way to the beginning of the chapter yeah. Yeah. All that. <laughs> it's tricky. Makes it more fun, though, right? Yeah. It it yeah. did it did keep, keep us on our feet, and um, the guidebook author did release the GPX track as well, so that helped a ton. We were able to run it through Gaia. Um, definitely, this is not a route I would suggest just like getting the GPX track and going. Like, you definitely need some of the context, being like, all right, when you're at this intersection, go over this style and then like past the Roman ruin. Uh, over <laughs> this. Yeah. Is it because there's so many trails in the park? Like- yeah, yeah. Okay. And a lot of it, um, you know, like a lot of the, this is, you know, a pretty cool thing about the UK is that they've got, got more uh, right of way rules than we have here. So, um, we, we did a few of the sections, we mostly did the higher route, but we did a few of the sections of the lower route because we had some bad weather. And like, you're just going through people's like sheep farms and stuff. Like you're hopping over their fences, past their tractor. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, I hope I don't get shot. Oh wait, that's not a thing here. Did you have any interactions with any of the landowners like in those contexts, like any of the shepherds or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, they're just like, they were, it was it was all positive. They're just like used to seeing, I mean, it, it, this route was not crowded at all. Um, but, you know, they're, they're used to the history of this land having hikers on it. So um, yeah, you know, there, there's, you know, request to like not mess with the sheep and, you know, not go into their homes and stuff like that. But uh, leave yeah. the sheep alone. Yeah. <laughs> Don't leave pet the sheep. The sheep. You, you mentioned that I feel like in most parts the... of the world, that's a good thing. Like, leave the sheep alone. <laughs> don't go into people's homes. You know, pro- probably solid rules no matter where you're at. What, exactly. tell, me, tell me more about the Roman ruin. Is that considered historical trash? Um, or is that... 
so old that it is now positive. Ooh, um, yeah. So, you know, one of the really cool things for uh, history buffs would, would be a lot of the historical things that it goes past. So because it the trail just just walk past some, you know, druid stone circles and standing stones, you know, like kind of that that Stonehenge sort of thing, you know, not that extreme. Look at POD. Not into it? That's pretty cool. What about Stonehenge? Absolutely. How is that any different than historical trash, POD? It's just people making cares. It's just older. Just just really old garbage. (laughs) Historical trash is like what I consider to be like mining ruins. Yeah. And like ancient cans of things mm-hmm. like tools old doors and glass wheelbarrows you know, I, i've lost wheelbarrows i've, I've lost a lot of respect equipment. i've lost a lot of respect for stonehenge because of the influence that positioning all those rocks has caused on the wildlife that lived there tens of thousands of years ago when they were constructed it's just terrible <laughs> i can't i can't appreciate I- it I think it's kind of funny that like in America, since we have such a, a, a recent history, like, you know, just a couple hundred years, our, our new stuff or our, our, rather our old stuff is like anything that's older than 50, we're like, oh my gosh, it's so old. Right. And you, you go to a lot of other parts of the world and they're like, oh yeah, somebody built that wall like 10,000 years ago. Yeah. So here's what I'll say Shepherds for me personally, ever since. since I know there's a lot of discussion on various social media websites about my aversion to historical trash. Or oh, Karns. Is there? Yes. Uh, yeah. So unnecessary Karens also. There was one today on the little rainbow trail when I was out running. Come on. Did you um, knock it down? I did. Yes. Anyway. So Sweet if you're talking about something like Stonehenge, that's really cool. I think that's cool. But like an, an old cathedral, like any sort of old church, I'm just not into. Just not interested. Are you poo pooing Snorkel's hike? No, I think she is. I think she is. Please don't. I think, I think a Roman ruin would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, yeah and, and honestly, like I do like, you know, Mayan ruins. I think those are really cool. Are you? Are you How perhaps old a little? Is is good. And how old is that? Yeah, like, where's the cutoff? Like, there's a line. There's a I line. I think it more where's has to do with the thing itself. So, like Roman ruins, Mayan ruins, those are like ancient civilizations. The yeah. like tractor or something that somebody left when they were done raping the earth that they left on the side of a 14 <laughs> That's not very interesting to me. I I fully agree. Yeah, there's a big difference. And and how old? I don't know if the civilization is still around, like um maybe it's not as interesting or if yeah you know uh if, if there's just like not a whole lot of like difference between when that thing was was made and now then it's not really that interesting like uh, an old trashed car if even if it's an old model t is still just kind of an old trashed car it's not it's not mm-hmm. like not like you you're you're like oh hey they found this viking ship right. over here that like washed to shore during a recent storm you know agree so i do have a question is on the snowdonia way you do pass remnants of some mining but the slate mining bent went back to the 14th century so is 14th century mining uh artifacts is that good or what what are the artifacts um you know they're mostly the artifacts old slate uh and there's some like slate made kind of building ruin sorts of things those would be okay 
Mm. Because they're okay, made cool. of stone. Yeah, I can accept those. Not metal. Not metal. But, okay, okay, but but some of them are, are like late 19th century. Is that is that okay? Mm. No, not this is not okay. cool. It's okay. I'm just not interested in it. Can we can we not talk about that? It's just really not cool. <laughs> yeah, we gotta I'm afraid we've gotta move on from Okay, this. let's yeah. move on. Let's talk more <laughs> about sorry. get back to the more trail. So sorry. I don't know. Yeah, we I, just recorded like a whole bonus show there. <laughs> Real now quick, could I, you find could you find vegan meat there? Oh, plant, plant based beef. Plant based beef. Plant based uh, beef. Could you find any plant based beef? Yeah, I, on the trail? Yeah, Maybe some plant based huh? mutton. That might that might not. Plant plant based beef might not have made it across the pond yet, but it will so soon. Editing. It will soon. Okay, back to the trail. <laughs> Tonight's show is sponsored by Beyond Burger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Snorkel. Talk to us about the buffet of surfaces that is the Snowdonia Way. Is it all yeah. single track? Is it all single track or are there other things involved? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, there are other things involved, but it depends a little bit on whether you take the low route or high route. Um, the high route's got a little bit of, uh, I'd say it's like a little bit of cross country, a little bit of, um, you know, like you're going through valleys, you're going through open moors. Um, there's some beach walking, uh, you know, you're in river valleys, uh, ridge walking. Uh, you get a you get a little bit of the whole buffet. What's a more? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's one of those things where like, <laughs> is it a meadow, like, uh, lowland, swampy is it, area? Is it a? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to look this up on Wikipedia. It's one of those things where like you look at it and you're like, oh, that is the the sort of like classic British landscape. If you were standing uh, in, my- in a moor, could you possibly lose? your footwear into the moor itself if you stood in um, one place too long okay. you know not where i was on the um snowdonia way there are certain like boggy areas on the west highland way in scotland for example so See. i think the low growing vegetation so not quite a meadow it's like almost lower but uh, it there's a lot of acidic soils going on so i think Ooh. that's one of the another things. word for more is a heath it, oh, oh it come on Dilo. that that actually made it more confusing why would you say that <laughs> snorkel did okay, you here. carry all the food for the entire through hike or were you able to resupply along the way oh heck no did i carry no so the low route i was looking at the guidebook the low route doesn't go more than 15 7 15 or 17 miles wow. between like food sources what so you don't need to carry like a day of food is that's it yeah you carry like a day of food and i think um the the high route is maybe like 22 miles um so yeah you don't have to carry that much food did you did you camp or did you stay in uh pubs or things like that or taverns or something kind of a mix um you know a little bit of it depended on which i'm not 100 percent sure is legal but um yeah there were big remote areas where it was super easy to camp Mm -hmm. um you know you just kind of have to plan it because it does go through towns um so that's great for getting food but like also um you know if you're happen to be in town at the time um you know you probably should stay out of Mm bomb instead of throwing up your tent in the park i think you might actually be able to throw up your tents in some parks but uh yeah it was it was kind of like a cool way to like mix it up and do a little bit of little little bit of everything 
with so the, do any of the uh, places that you go along where that where it is private land, do any of those people have like, you know, yeah, you're allowed to put up your tent? Like they've got rules about not messing with the sheep. Do they, are they also like, oh, if you need to, you can set up your tent over there or something? Just keep That's it a away good from question. The sheep. Um, I I wasn't totally sure about that, so we actually planned our camp around kind of like more of a, a moorland for that night where we were going um, close to to farming areas, sheep 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 occupied moorland. Were the European hikers that you interacted with horrified that you were wild camping? along the Snowdonia way. So, you know, one of the cool things is because this route was so new, um, you know, like it kind of hits all, a lot of the major highlights that people want to see in Snowdonia National Park, but like it also didn't have through hikers because like, you know, the book had just come out. It was a brand okay. new. So our first night we did see one through hiker who was a British guy who had a Gossamer gear pack. So like, clearly this was wow. not his first through That's hike. amazing. Um, and he wow. was definitely checking out our um, our our Cuban fiber tent, um, eyeing it pretty pretty hard, like he was gonna try to walk away with it while we weren't looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right on. But yeah, you know, it was kind of like it was surprising how much, how many, like because we were going to towns, we were seeing people, but like other than that, except for the most popular parts, you know, we wouldn't see people, which is pretty so cool. there weren't many hikers you know there were there were a fair amount of hikers around mount snowden um mm -hmm. you know which was the highest peak in the uk but you know even still it wasn't as crowded as one would have expected for something that was like a tourist destination like i think just mm. because it's a little bit off the beaten path um it doesn't get quite the quite the traffic of like the west highland way for example like there weren't, you know, we didn't go like an hour without seeing people on the West Highland Way. And we went almost entire days without seeing people here. Were the were hikers gonna... wearing boots, leather boots? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. okay. If you were going to stay, stay in one of these pubs, how much does that cost? Do you know, just on average? Yeah, you know, so we actually camped behind a pub because we had our tent and it was a little bit less expensive. And I think it was like maybe... 10 pounds it, it wasn't too bad okay yeah. is that i mean pounds. but that doesn't include the beer or the, no, you no, no 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 we had to we had to buy all our food and beer all along so it's probably we more like 30 or 40 pounds once you, <laughs> <laughs> once you get done drinking but could you theoretically hike from pub to pub on this whole trip oh yeah yeah the the guidebook definitely has like descriptions of like pubs you can stay in hotels if you want to or bnbs or camp you just kind of like there's a lot of options for tailoring it towards your own particular hiking style wow you can hike your own hike yes you can did you need permits did you need any kind of permit to be in nope. the park and nope. no nope. Wow. can you imagine being in a national park in the u.s and not being required to have permits and things of that nature it's crazy <sighs> makes me want to go to wales next month speaking of what is the preferred hiking season of the snowdonia way yeah so we did it in may uh like mid mid to late may it was pretty perfect it wasn't too hot it wasn't too rainy uh yeah it was it wasn't too buggy it was wasn't too muddy it was it was pretty great um supposedly the low route you could do year-round although obviously mm. the winter would be cold 
Yeah. Um, and the high route definitely like, you know, like probably should stick to summer because those get to be full out mountaineering conditions during the winter for sure. Wow. Were there trees? I, there, were there were tre- some trees in the lower, uh, like not on the peaks and stuff. Um, cause it, it stays pretty high. So yeah. like, um, yeah, but there were some trees. Do you know why there are no trees in Wales? Um, there was a lot of. There were a uh, lot in, in town and in, in the lowlands. There were a lot of oh, trees. No. The, I mean, there 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 was a, a big history of um of sheeping, uh, right? The sheep, the sheep, and also yeah. like extractive forestry as yeah, well. Yeah, so it's interesting because you, I read, I was reading a book, I don't know, not too long ago, about the area and. It's like, why are there no trees in Wales and Scotland? It's because it's not because they're so high. It's not because the weather is so bad. It's because they just graze sheep forever and the sheep eat everything. And as soon as a new tree starts, sheep eat it. And then it's like everybody's grazing sheep. So the trees just have no chance to grow because the sheep just eat them. And then you get these beautiful, like expansive, like uh, what we'd call tundra lands. But it's really just not natural because it's all sheep maintained. You know, the sheep just eat everything that grows. Yeah, which yep. is kind of interesting. It's a sheepo system. It's a sheep It is a sheep apocalypse. Yep. Snorkel. I, when I was doing some research on whales today, I learned that almost the entire population speaks English, and about tw- only about twenty nine percent of the population actually speaks Welsh. Did you run into right. any? Did you run into any people speaking Welsh? Yeah, so one of the cool things about the Snowdonia Way is it take a lot of the the trail towns are kind of like you know these are small, not metropolitan trail towns uh, that don't see a lot of tourists. I mean, like the the there's certain tourist towns, but a lot of them are just kind of you know like you would find on something like the CDT, like they're 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 far from the city. So I read, I think the guidebook said like fifty percent of the population is bilingual. And all oh. the, the road signs are bilingual as well. Well, what about the accent? Like even, so apparently the English that is spoken, of course, is spoken with a Welsh like accent. Did you have any trouble deciphering things? Oh, yeah, for really? sure. We went into like a little, um, like a grocery store in one of the trail towns. And, you know, like it, it, pretty straightforward interaction. And we were like, I have no idea what and it was english right i think so oh my gosh okay um is is there like a sort of a pigeon thing at all going on over there too where where it just sort of slips back and forth as as rick steve says places that are uh are attuned to trying to to get tourists to part with their money um will 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 make sure that you understand how to do so um sure. but yeah i mean like yeah. some of the smaller towns that are not used to seeing tourists um yeah it, there, there's uh th- there's definitely a little bit of a, a an exciting language um you know even just reading the guidebook all of the name uh, most almost all the names are in welsh and so mm-hmm. you'll read it and you'll be like i don't know how to say this can you give us an example Yes. So the route, I, I, I did some research just to make sure I had to refresh myself. So the route goes from, as far as I can tell, the correct pronunciation is Mackenschleff to Conway. What was the first town? Mackenschleff. Which is spelled with, there's a Y and two L's in there. Uh, yeah. Hmm. And an H. 
What about the water sources with all those sheep and all that grazing? Ooh, were there yeah. good water sources or did you, was there sheep poo everywhere and you were, you uh, judiciously treated your water? What, what's the deal? So on the high route, we actually didn't run into that many sheep. There, our sheep interactions were mostly on the lower route. And even then um, it was only kind of in one section. So yeah, I mean, it's whales like, you know, water management was not an issue again, since our towns were fairly close by. We could always get water in town as well. Did you treat um, water on the trail? Yeah, we did treat it. You do. But, you're a, you're but, one of those people that treats the water, even he, like yeah. 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 Okay. Dilo doesn't treat any of the water. The Dilo's an from animal. His but I would if I was in sheep country, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. I treat water when there's cows and things pooping everywhere. I mean, come on. What are you talking about? Like, you treat your water not then. not if they're just peeing though. Yeah, not if you're just peeing because I drink urine. I'm from Boulder. This is what we do. Oh, did I just say that? POD? Yeah, you did say it. This <sighs> is not true. Just go, can we edit that out? Yeah, we'll no, edit that you, out. POD, most, you're putting words sure. in my mouth. This is not true. This is not true. Yeah, come on, POD. Yeah. Snorkel, they... if, if somebody, like, if I were bound and determined to hike the Snowdonia way, so I get on a plane in Denver, what's the closest airport in the UK that's going to put me near? The Snowdonia Way? Yeah, so we flew into Manchester. Liverpool's technically a little bit easier, but um, Manchester has a train that goes right to um, to Chester in northern Wales, and then you can take a train right to Conwy, which is the northern terminus, which I think is probably why we ended up southbounding it, because we're like, uh-huh. oh, it's pretty straightforward to get to from Manchester. Like, we yeah. can start hiking that day, and we won't have to get a hotel. Whereas it would have been a little bit longer on the train bus situation to get down to the Southern terminus. So we're like, Oh, we can deal with that when we get there. Um, and what's but, the name again but, of the Southern terminus area? As far as I can tell, it is Mackenschleff. I watched some YouTube videos of, of locals uh, pronouncing it. <laughs> and it, it's um, a very important town in uh welsh history because oh no oh no i'm not going to be able to pronounce his name but one of the one of the <laughs> native princes of wales from the i believe 14th century um made himself known as a as a what prince. was his name snorkel uh, uh i actually can't remember i feel bad but he, he's very well known um yeah and that's quite regarded uh, it is owen glendor i i'm i that one i don't think i, I got right um yeah it's spelled g-l-y-n-d-w with like a carrot over the top of the w r Mm. at any point before during or after your hike of the snowdonia way did you go swim in the irish sea i didn't snorkel you got to go back come on i know i know it it was fun looking to the guidebook i was like oh i really want to go back to this place um and, you know, one of the cool things is because there's a full low route and a full high route that are overlap very little. It's kind of like, okay, so I've done one of the routes. Now I could do the other route. Could, could you do like a yeah, loop? A loop. A loop? Yeah, you could you loop could it? Could do a loop. Could you, you yo-yo it? Could what could uh, you do? Yeah, you probably could yo-yo it if you wanted to. Well, I mean, I, you could yo-yo anything, right? But I mean, I guess it's a loop. Could you do like the low route and then come back on the high route or vice versa? I mean, so it's kind of like a series of like interlocking yeah. sections. Mm. So it's kind of like more yeah. like a like a DNA double helix sort of sequence. Yeah, yeah. I see what I see. What I'm saying. I'm looking at the map. Route. Yeah. Outside of the Cicerone guidebook, where else can hikers get info on this trail? 
as far as I know, that's uh, the only place. Although we have been working on a story um, with some of the information um, on Treeline Review um, in our where to go section on um, more obscure through hikes. Is that nice. is that up right now, or is that in the in the works? That is in the works, but okay. it, but probably by the time the story or the the podcast goes, I don't, I don't know. You're going to release this at the end of the month. Yeah, typically the last day of the month, Snorkel, if uh, history <laughs> history serves. So, so this should be live by the time time the uh, the, okay. the podcast is live. Hey, um, can we can we talk about um, Treeline Review for a second? Oh, for sure. Just curious, like, what's been going on with Treeline? Yeah, what's going on? What's new? What's popping? Yeah, for sure. So um, some of the cool things are we have a where to go section now that has uh, some of this guidebook information on more obscure trails or backpacking ideas. We also, I know, guess we have some bike ride, longer bike tour sort of. Um, whoa, whoa, trip. whoa. Bike packing? What about kayaking? Bikepacking? That's not bikepacking's not cool. Like cross country all, skiing. This is, the, this is the trail show. We don't talk about bikepacking here. We talk about adventure cycling sometimes, Dilo. Really? Yeah. We can sure. do that? All right, it's, if you say so. Continue, Snorkel. I'm sorry, I stopped you. You're the one that talks about cycling all the time. I know, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> think I could. I didn't you think can I could. Only, I thought it you can cool, only do man. it on the PCT. Yeah. <laughs> only on the PCT. Oh, man. Shots fired. Oh. Okay, so continue, Snorkel. I'll yeah, so the work um, are all about, you know, like getting ideas on places to go and figuring out where to get information. Um, and uh, yeah, they've been really fun. And yeah, you know, like also some of the bike routes that are described on there, you could one could also hike them if they wanted to. Hey, I got a question for you, Snorkel. Should yeah. I buy a folding or roux kayak? Well, it depends on whether you want to get out on the water or not. I love getting out on the water. Oh, well, yeah. they're, I mean, they're really impressive, the Oru kayaks. Um, All right. Wait a minute. Yeah, this isn't I mean, a kayaking podcast. Come on, Dilo. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm just, I, I went over to Treeline Review since we're all online now. And that was one of the Come things on. that caught my eye. I spent a lot of time on the water this summer. And I, I think out kayak. of order is our resident kayak. He is, uh, but I, I am, here. I am the, uh, the <laughs> juvenile kayaker of the show. And my kayak has a leak. Oh. yeah what's it's a cheap kayak it's so, snorkel i actually wanted to bring up something else so the listeners who listened to the last <laughs> show will know that um snorkel and i just recently did some hiking together and right. we talked a little bit about treeline and one of the things that i didn't realize you know there's a lot of companies out there that are doing gear reviews and, and such and one of the things that i didn't realize about treeline is that you have a very diverse uh writing and reviewing staff which i think oh yeah is pretty cool yeah we aim to i think right now um a full 50 percent of our writers um identify as bipoc or lgbtq so that's something we're we're really proud of it's really cool and it's very different than most of our all of our competitors who might get yeah, yeah all of them in yeah. his in POD, kind of white male out there. In, in his POD, done some writing for Treeline Review. Not recently. I kind of slacked what? off. 
What happened? Oh yeah, I was actually going to ask um, on <laughs> the show so, for all the listeners to hear whether you would be willing to write um, another story for us. I would. I would, and, and so I did a couple articles in in Spanish um, to was my way of trying to open the doors for for some folks. Um, and I just got I basically just got busy. That's the long and the short of it. And summertime is really not a good time for me to get back on the horse because I've been busy doing a few other things. Um, but now that I'm back slaying the dragon, um, I'm a little more, more, I'm at home more. So I'd yeah. likely be able to do another article. Yeah, we're really excited about um, the articles in Spanish. We've also done a fair amount of um, stories on different plus size um, gear options and extended sizing in gear and in clothing. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to make the outdoors more accessible. One gear review at a time. That's awesome. Dilo is, I can that see that awesome. he's engrossed in the trailer. Oru kayaks, man. Yeah, I'm reading about Oru kayaks. BOD, can you, mute, can you mute Dilo for us, please? No. Thank you. <laughs> he's in the kayaks. Oru zone. kayaks. Beyond, ah, beyond me, Oru kayaks. <laughs> All right. I'm going to reach out and get some sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, Snorkel, um, is there anything else we should know about the Snowdonia Way or Treeline Review or anything else you got going on? Yeah, definitely. I would encourage people sign up for, for Treeline Review's uh, newsletter. But also um, one of the cool things is we've had quite a bit of interaction through our newsletter with readers. Um, so I would encourage people if they read a story and they really love it, or if they read a story and they're like, Hey, Snorkel, how come you didn't review this particular bottle of kayak? What gives? Um, or like, hey, Snorkel, I got this kayak and I really love it. I just want you to tell you that like the stability is really great or whatever. Like definitely email us or use our contact form and reach out because um, we always love hearing either reader suggestions or bad baloney or, <laughs> or <laughs> anything in between. By the way, if you ever need a future person to help review kayaks i would nominate our resident kayak expert out of order here and i'm sure he would also nominate yeah. himself and he's moving to yeah. tempe arizona so he'll have a lot oh, there's of plenty of there. lake yeah. roosevelt yeah. man lake roosevelt. and if you need anybody to to review uh a, a stand-up paddleboard i kind of want one of those <laughs> Yeah, we definitely want them. They were very, very hot this summer. And Snorkel, if you ever need weed whackers and lawnmowers reviewed, Delo is ready to go. He's chomping at the bit. So yeah, yeah. Actually, um, it's interesting that you say that because uh at a previous employer, gear review employer, um, we were working on a weed whacker piece. Really? And it turns out, it turns out that uh weed whackers are not the best weed whacker. There's apparently some compete. I, I actually, where's Dilo? I want to see. I'm right here. Yeah, he's here. Are, are you surprised, or is this no. like, oh yeah, this is a well-known fact? In, no, in I don't use I don't use weed whackers to kill weeds. I use them to edge lawns. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I hate to let down everybody who's been listening to the trial show for so many years and thinks that I might like take a weed whacker out and just kind of level a bunch of high grass and bring it down to its knees. But that's not what I use a weed whacker for. I use it to put a nice, beautiful edge along the sidewalk on my lawn.
So, Dilo, I have a question. So, Disco's yeah. Zoom background is, is this yeah. beautiful Aspen forest. Yeah. Spech's is... The moon. Mars. 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 Yeah. So, both places they presumably want to be or would rather be yeah. hiking right now. Is your background real or is that actually your backyard? It <laughs> this is, is my backyard. backyard. Yeah, this is my backyard. Look, this is really my backyard. Standing up back here. I'm sitting on my porch. This is this where is he wants like, to be. Snorkel. Yeah, this it's also where zen. he wants to be. This is his zen spot. This is why he doesn't have to go hiking anymore. <laughs> he found that oasis. He hangs right out in there. the backyard. He does some exercises on those gymnast he, rings. He, yeah. he yo-yos the fence line. Yeah. I got a I got a weight bench. My neighbor got rid of his you weight bench. Gave it to me. I got some weight rings. Dilo, can you reach those rings? Yeah, I can. Here. You just got to step pull up. Can yeah. you do a sure. iron do a cross like they do uh, in the Olympics? Snorkel, don't go. While I'm doing pull-ups, don't go because I have a question for you. All right. All right. We're, we're about to watch D'Lo do some pull-ups on the rings. He's holding the rings. He's swinging Ooh, on the rings. Wow. He's wow. Oh, he's dropping down. and Oh, that's back really up. good form. He's doing it, yeah. Wow. And with, with a swinging motion. Wow. Let me get a This is impressive. screenshot has been got. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. Dilo was inspired by the Tokyo wow. Olympics, I believe. Yeah. I guess all that uh, work with the St. Angelo bar really built your upper body strength. Yeah, to... I give him a you know, 9.7. I lost, when I broke my collarbone, I lost some upper body strength. And then I was not here for two months. And I didn't do any upper body exercises. So, so you're back. That's why you can do, do pull-ups? I can still do pull-ups. I'm getting back into it. Those look pretty good. Thanks. Those did look. I mean, what hiker has that amount of upper body? He's strength? not a hiker. Stuff. I'm not much of a hiker. I'm. I. I do way more biking and trail running than I do hiking. Oh man. Yeah. All right. We've. Uh, snorkel. We've got to, uh... Are we done? Oh. Can we let snorkel go? Because I have a yeah. non-trail show question for you. Yeah. Go for it. What's up with Mr. G's car? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man. So it is. Uh, covered up to so the Subaru was having some transmission issues thanks to POD's driving. Uh, no. is, is the background information? Oh no, POD was going the speed limit. The speed limit was 80, it was like 100 degrees in Utah, but oh, yeah, the, a car no. should be able to do that. So, yeah, Dilo very exactly. kindly uh, provided. So, Mr. G was supposed to pick us up at the POD and, and me up at the end of the Southern Sierra High Route, and he was like, dude, I don't know about our transmission. Um, so yeah, it was in the shop for three weeks and they couldn't replicate it. They couldn't replicate, like they did diagnostics and they were like, no, we, we can't figure out what's going on. It is covered under warranty up until a oh. hundred thousand miles. So we have oh. another 10,000 miles for the transmission to blow up. Uh -huh. um, okay. But yeah, they were like, Hey, we can't just like replace your transmission because you want a new transmission. And we're yeah. like, really? Yeah. No, we promise you that POD broke our car. No. <laughs> They spent Subaru of North America spent like the mechanics and Grand Junction spent six weeks trying to rebuild the engine on our car when it blew up going 80 miles an hour over uh, over um, up San, San Rafael, Rafael swell. swell. Yeah. In Utah. You yeah, you don't, you know, Utah don't drive your cars, car, man. Don't drive your car 80 miles an hour up over the San Rafael swell if it's not like an F350. You know what I mean? Don't do we it. We were going on flat ground. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, we weren't hilly. we weren't going on flat ground. We were going up over a mountain pass. And we shouldn't yeah. have been going that fast, but we were. 
and the engine died. But anyways, I, the, the I've driven the mechanics, that section a lot of times, yeah. and I have all, I have often seen vehicles that are like yeah in distress over on the side yeah. of the road just right there. just wow. over the top, you know, where there's some mm -hmm. cell coverage before you get down on the other side when it all disappears. But anyways, they spent six weeks trying to rebuild our engine. They finally just gave up. So I no, didn't have any. I, I had nothing. Yeah, I talked to Mr. G a couple of weeks ago because he called me up because you guys sent him my way and uh, I had nothing reassuring to tell him. So, yeah, Sorry. the irony, Dilo, you will get a kick out of this. So when he picked me up at the end of the uh, the PCT at Kennedy Meadows, it'd been like three weeks and we still didn't have our car back. Mm -hmm. and so we borrowed our friend's car and it was a brand new Toyota RAV, RAV4, yeah, yeah, RAV4, which is yeah. what you have, right? That's what we have now, yeah. Hybrid, the, the RAV4 hybrid. Mm -hmm. And we were like, man, this That's is funny. really nice. I know, yeah, I told Mr. Really G to fun. buy one of those. <laughs> 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 I said, don't, I've had, I've had two Subarus, they both had engine problems, uh, you know. Thankfully, uh, special when you the Subaru that you have is my old Subaru has a brand new engine in it, exactly. so you're you're good for yeah. five ten years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. I dr I drive like POD though, so uh, well, you know what I, think, I like I, I like I like it to touch that red every so often. Yeah, that's right. A Subaru mm -hmm. with low mileage, you should be able to go the speed limit. And yeah. one of Snorkel's yeah. comments was like, "I would never go eighty ever anywhere," and I'm like, "Well, you're an old grandma then, because I drive the speed limit." <laughs> I kind of am. I can't. I can't. I can't go faster than like I don't, three and a half really miles per hour. I don't like to drive eighty. I like to drive like seventy-two. Man, I'm chill when driving seventy-two. When the speed 72. limit is eighty, and it's just I like hate it when the speed limit's open. eighty. I, I hate, hate it. it it's so annoying. I don't want to drive eighty. Everybody's driving my ninety. Own car, and all I like, go ninety when it's eighty. Yeah, she does. I've seen it. She makes. She makes I, I, like, I like to go fast too, and yeah, it's what I what I would really like is for just people who don't want to go 80 to just understand that they're in the wrong lane most of the oh, time. Oh yeah. 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 Well, if y'all right. could just move over, you're and actually get out of the way. A, a dangerous situation when you go 70 yeah. and the speed limit 80. is 80. Yeah, that is true. That is true. All right. An anyway, Enough yeah, about go. Subarus, Toyotas, speed limits. <laughs> yes. Well, snorkel. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the show tonight to talk to us about the Snowdonia way. Everyone go to treelinereview.com and find the upcoming article in what section is it, Snorkel? In our where to go section. In the where to go section about the Snowdonia Way. And and you can uh, you can always click through to to buy your, your foldable kayaks through the through the website too. <laughs> As I hope Gilu would do. Yeah, yeah, it's a, we'll it's see. a good one. I just found some yeah. electrolyte mixes on there like five seconds ago. Because oh, I got awesome. yeah, no, I highly recommend Trueland Review. So <laughs> it's great. Awesome. Snorkel, come back on a future show and we can't wait to talk to you next time. And next time you can tell us a story about your bite valve ending up in your diarrhea. Oh, no. no. Wow. All right. Oh, well, on that note, I'm going to get my children here to hear that one. That's a good story. That's like that's like right up there with uh, Larry Boy getting eaten by a grizzly bear. My kids would love to hear this all right. next time, Snorkel. Next time. On that Thanks note. Thanks so much, Joe. Great to see all of you. Good night, Snorkel. All right, folks. Bye. We're going to. We're going to take a Bye. break. When we come back, I think we've got a few more hotline calls and maybe some trip reports, so don't go anywhere.
Facebook. Hello, Trail Show. Um, I have a quick question, and I was hoping I can use your expertise on this um, issue. So my father-in-law really um, has become very interested in the idea of buying a rooftop tent, and he just thinks it's the next best thing in the world. And just me and my husband think it's not worth it because it's a couple thousand dollars, and and it can get stolen, not to mention that you really need to find a flat surface for it and all the rest of it. So I just was wondering what you think about it. Do you think is it a good idea or um, perhaps a waste of money? Uh, thank you so much. I look forward to um, hearing y'all's opinions. And I'm not calling from the South. Bye. From the South? I recognize no. that voice, Triple O. Would, would, would I know too. who that was? I I think you would know who that was. Okay. And I think the South is because of the y'all that was said. Yeah. Right before. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad but, I'm glad someone finally brought up this question about rooftop tents. Mm, it's a good yeah. one. It's a good one. So I'm not a fan of rooftop tents pretty much in any circumstance. But you guys chime in. I want to hear. I've wanna... never ever used one, but I just that seems like seems like a bad yeah. idea. It seems to cost about 10 times what a, a ground tent costs. Seriously? I mean, these things are seriously in the $3,000 range. Wow. That's a lot of money for a tent. Oh, I had no idea. And Yeah, I had no idea about that either until I looked it up. And then, so there's that problem. Another problem is you have to keep them outside your car. So yeah. let's say you park at a trailhead. You're now sitting with a $3,000 tent. Just to sit at the trailhead for three or four days while you're on a, a hike. Mm. Another problem is what do you do when you need to go pee in the middle of the night? Now you got to climb mm. down a ladder and, the, and like you're groggy and everything. Another yeah. thing is if you live somewhere humid, I bet that tent starts to smell real bad real fast. Mm. Eh. Well, my from a safety standpoint, you're kind of a sitting duck on top of your vehicle. Like... I mean, your your car camping's uh, you're probably in a somewhat urban scenario. I don't know. I, I don't think I, that's necessarily true. Maybe not, not. necessarily true. But no. I I don't like the idea. It's part of the reason why I don't like the idea of hammock camping is because of the whole bear pinata situation, which we talked about on a recent trail news. But I don't know. You're 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 basically up on a perch, like here i am sleeping on top of my car i don't know there's nothing stealth about we, a freaking... we actually had one when i was a kid and i used to sleep in it uh yeah on camping trips sometimes and for campground camping if that's all you're doing i, I suppose but it seems like it's a bit of a pain to have to mm -hmm. like you do, you wouldn't want it on your car the rest of the time right uh because like the the drag the yeah, totally. You know, you're taking you're taking a hit on the gas mileage. You're susceptible to theft, like Triple O was saying. So, I, I mean, if you had one that was not super duper expensive and was not a pain to take on and or take off and put on your car, I mean, like that'd be one thing. But that doesn't seem to be what they are. They seem to be not fun to to have to do the on and off thing, and they are expensive. So, I don't really see the benefit. Um, mm -hmm. For that being said, like I almost feel like if you wanted to, when you you were like that into the idea, you could just about get some like 
hardware hinges and some good plywood and some like outdoor upholstery and and uh what's that DIY. what's that rei kingdom that you've got oh i got rid of the kingdom the kingdom is yeah. gone you what? could just like we can talk about just, that in a little bit you could just get a you could build your own for i feel like a mere fraction of of, yeah. of what you would pay for here's here's yeah. another thing that one should be aware of when they commit to uh sleeping in some part of their vehicle that needs setting up and tearing down um and i learned this firsthand when we rented a vw camper van five years ago or something um if you're set up at a campsite and in the morning you have to drive two miles one mile three mile whatever it is five miles to where you're going to go hiking or biking or whatever you're going to do that day you have to totally break camp so you have to put away your sleeping bags you have to take that tent down you have to put all that stuff away and that's a hassle like if you're yeah. just tent camping you just leave your tent there and then you drive to the trailhead and you come back and it's still there right because people don't really steal tents that are set up like base camping baby yeah so that's that's one thing that really should be considered when you commit to something like that it's really cool like truck camper, you know, on the back of a vehicle where you could just leave everything kind of set up, maybe mm -hmm. just pull the top yeah. down, maybe yeah. um, squish your sleeping bags. That's fine. Right. But like this big thing that you need to like take down and you probably need to put away your sleeping bags and any sort of accoutrements you had in there overnight, you know, it's, mm. it's a hassle. It's a hassle. So that was one of the things that I learned about vehicle camping like that. It's, it can be a hassle. And, and if you just want to like, yeah get up in the next morning and just go do something. You have to break camp, you know? Yeah. So quick thumbs up, thumbs down, everybody on the car camp. Yeah. I'm a thumbs down. I, I need I, to I, say I, I because it's too. audio, so you'll have you, to actually say. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. down. I am also thumbs, thumbs down. down. Five thumbs okay. down. Uh, pretty I just, narrow, pretty narrow use down. case where it's a good some, idea. Yeah. yeah. Some added context for this, the person I, I happen to know the person who called and I happen to know the person they're talking about. And I know that that person was talking to both POD and Disco recently <laughs> and was too shamed to bring up the question of whether ah. a car top <laughs> camp <laughs> would be good or not because, you know, you guys are experienced through hikers and they didn't want to embarrass themselves. In front wow. Of them. I see. Okay. Duly noted. Well, we got, I want to go and play a clip. So we got an anonymous pee bottle review. Oh. And I'll look forward to everyone's feedback after we listen. We should have played this while Snorkel was on. I'm here to talk about something we'd all rather be left unmentioned. Pee bottles. But in my case, it's a pee bag. And it's the best piece of gear I have. It's a mountain house meal package. Zips tight, stands up straight, holds about two quarts of liquid, and has lasted countless miles. So next time you're considering the unconsiderable, consider a mountain house pee bag. <laughs> I, I, Is that that person is that for real that, that, what was that? <laughs> that might be the most entertaining use of the hotline i think we've had in some ways <laughs> that, that like may bathroom may not, humor ways obviously uh, uh, and i i like the disguised voice effect yeah. that was a nice touch nice yeah. touch there was a voice change was gonna get ransom yeah 
the mountain house mumbler. So what do you all think about peeing into a mountain house food bag? I think is what the suggestion was. It's more wide mouth than like a Gatorade bottle. Why do you need to do that? Why can't you just get up and go pee? Because you're in a car top tent. You got (laughs) to... <laughs> or the yeah, mosquitoes, Lilo. The mosquitoes are so bad outside your tent, you don't actually want to leave your tent. Pod and I experienced this in Oregon, and it was for real. Pod peed into an almond butter container just so she wouldn't uh, have to leave yeah. the tent. Or in really cold, really, really. Yeah, cold I, I could night. see it in the yeah. winter time. In the winter time, sure, but if it's just three- absolutely dumping outside. Yeah, yeah, I mean, can't can't you just wait? Like, I don't know, man. I I, I just don't I, see the need. It's like rooftop tents to me. I just don't see the need. I don't th- I don't think it's a real common thing that you have to do all the time. But I, I think uh, if you're if you spend enough time outside, at some point, you're probably going to end up peeing in, in in a food container. Yeah, I usually some, just wet some I kind of bottle or mountain house in that situation. I just wet myself. You also may end up pooping <laughs> into a bag. I'm just I've saying. never. Oh yeah. I'm just I've saying. I've never pooped into a bag. I have spread my poo, and burned my paper, but I've never pooped into a bag. I've pooped into a bag, Delo, more than oh, once. Yeah. Nice. I've Good picked it up with like a dog bag. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you picked up your own poop with a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. I like that. That's a pro tip. I didn't right want to leave a trace. That's a pro tip. <laughs> That's a pro tip, man. Yeah. All right, I got one more audio clip. Um, this one's coming in from from Europe. So let's see what's up. Hi there. This is a vampire, uh, official trade show correspondent, reporting from Pluff in Montenegro. I'm just starting my tour of the peaks of the Balkan, which is also the starting point of the Via Dinarica. And after finishing the peaks, I'm going for the Via Dinarica, and I keep you posted. Folks may remember the German vampire from a previous episode. Also, we covered the Via Dinarica way back on trail show number 78 in December of 2018 with L-Train. We interviewed L-Train. Did you you know that off the top of your head? I've got it all memorized, Dilo. All 108 episodes. I know exactly who we interviewed, trails of the month, show sponsors, what beer we drank, what ask I okay. questions. It's all That's in. That's cool. Here. All right. That's fine. Just checking. Cool. All right. Let's do trip reports. <laughs> let's keep them brief, though. One minute or less per person. Go. I went and hiked, uh, what, like, some trail in boulder that i can't remember the name of right now from the uh that l um oh, like the eldora canyon eldorado eldorado, eldorado canyon um, Spring, trailhead yeah mm. cool sweet it nice. was chill that's it nice. that was all i did nice. then i went to florida and then now i'm back and then i'm gonna go to florida again and then i'll be back again the end well speaking of florida pod and i just got back from a trip to florida um the highlight of which was a, I know this isn't a canoeing podcast, but on, on the advice of our good friend out of order, we did a short canoe trip down the Waseca River, and we ended up going to a rope swing. Wasissa. Wasissa. Wasissa River. We ended up going to a rope <laughs> swing, and on the way back, 
we saw an alligator in the water and i asked triple o after the fact hey man i didn't realize there was alligators in the water that water was clear and cold seemed kind of odd And he's like oh did you see him down at the rope swing i always see him at the rope swing <laughs> they were little come on they were little they were just gonna nip makes on things interesting they're shy yeah they nip on your toe it's no big deal That's the rule in general is if it's fresh water and even sort of fresh water in florida there's alligators well there was definitely fine. alligators in that water there were so many people there there ain't gonna be no gator over there. there's so many people yeah and there's a lot of people and then the chances of you getting nipped by a gator are slim because there's yeah. more more pickings if right. they get somebody you probably wouldn't even notice yeah, right. we went down there for out of orders wedding celebration hooray hooray out of order yeah really awesome it was super fun um my parents I've... love them <laughs> <laughs> we love your parents. Bribe them. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of hiking. Um, school has resumed for me, so I'm a little more hamstrung now. But I did do the Bell's Traverse, which I'm very excited about. I actually had a really incredible trip in the Bell's just because of the amount of hiking that I did in four days. was just felt really good, especially at my age, as Twinkle would say. I did the Bell's Traverse one day. The next day I did Pyramid and then hiked over Buckskin Pass to Snowmass Lake. The next day I did Snowmass, then swam in the lake, and then hiked back over Buckskin Pass to the Crater Lake area. And then the next day I did Thunder Pyramid. It was really fun. Okay, really 20 seconds time. left. That, that Buckskin, Buckskin Pass is sweet, huh? It was so beautiful. I was excited to hike over it twice. And yeah. I have one 14er left. 10 seconds. Nice. What's your last 14er? Little Bear. Ooh, and we're out of time. Okay, D'Lo, what did you? Uh, what, what's your trip report? I've taken Please a lot. Please time, of... D'Lo. Please uh, time. I've got the watch. I've taken a lot of trips this summer. I'm just going to talk about my most recent trip. It was a cross country road trip from upstate New York back to Boulder. It was a driving excursion that inc included four nights of camping in various state parks throughout the United States. We would drive six hours a day, camp in the evenings. And our most exciting adventure on that camp was breaking camp on Sunday morning and being on back on the interstate at 6.30 in the morning to avoid a wave of thunderstorms coming in from Ontario into Western New York. Other than that, it was just super chill, driving, camping, chilling, but it was a trip nonetheless. Did you spend much time in Staten Island? No, I spent a month in the Adirondacks. Oh, I thought you And were now I have I right. have spent a lot of time in my life in the Adirondacks. I have I am what's known as a 46er, someone who Two, has climbed all 4000 of the 46. Zero. Ah, Dilo, I'm sorry we're out of time. Um Triple O, we're going to have to I, we played Dilo out and now we're playing Triple O and Triple O you got a minute go. Um well, I have not done much of anything <laughs> since I was. Uh, you got married. The aforementioned wedding. So I guess I walked down the aisle in a metaphorical sense. Um, it was really fun to celebrate with everybody. And um, all my family is 
in love with with uh, POD and Disco. They got a big kick out of meeting them and uh, <laughs> sharing hiking stories with them and drinking beers with them. And yeah, it was great. I, I, I cannot complain. Um, I think we might have normalized your hiking addiction with your family a little bit. Like they finally yeah, met some other it, people that have the same, that same like bit of mental, mental, you know, problems. Yeah, it was super hiking. helpful for their, their view yeah. of me as like a not completely insane person. They're like, oh. And Triple O made his wedding cake with his mom. And it was... <laughs> so good and i kept like being like and we're out of time cake? pod i'm so sorry we're gonna have to <laughs> all right, right let's right move on there. to the next um, segment when are you gonna have go the cake? to the next i'm so sorry we've got to go to the next now we're talking about the cake uh triplo are you doing a honeymoon wait i was a 46er what nah, i mean we will at that, some point especially on but, mount olympus yeah, Mons. oh that would be a good place to go no 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 honeymoon no, no these point. tickets no are not yet, but cheap. we're gonna eventually go on a honeymoon somewhere we just gotta I wonder why out. nobody listens to the trail show is there gonna be a kayak when you go on your honeymoon no i mean i would never mention a kayak on this show uh, that's verboten it's not not permitted verboten. i will say das that P.O.D. did dance one salsa and impressed everybody at the wedding i brought that's two it. pairs of salsa shoes and i only got one dance I was oh. lied to. We're going to have to remedy that at some point. Hey, did you two drive down there or did you fly? Did we drive to Florida? What do you want, crack? I don't know. Oh, I just, I just drove across God. the United States. You flew there. Just with, like, flew, man. Yeah. We, we okay. wore our masks. We got Hey, man, everybody's driving. I, I drove. I drove across the country twice. Yeah, because you went on like a month-long vacation. Two he months. drives to Florida for a weekend wedding. Oh, I don't know how long you stayed there. Ew. And you could make a big trip out of it, especially if you're yeah, not across the southeastern United States. That sounds great. Actually, Beauty, do we have any donors this good, month? Good point. We do. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us, Triple O. Um, we do. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> We've got. <laughs> hey, don't Wolf. belittle, don't belittle the Southeast USA. There's a lot of people that live there, and they listen to the Trail Show. Yeah, and one of those people was like messaged me and was like, I can't believe you went to Florida in the end of July from Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably would agree with that. Does that mean? I, I definitely relate to that. <laughs> but we love Triple O and Tarlin so much that we wanted to be, we wanted to represent the trail show nation. We also wanted to rope swing into an alligator infested swimming hole, which we did That's right. on Triple O. Yeah, I was very impressed by their adventureness. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't out uh, rope swung in there, would you? I have rope swung in there before, but I was disappointed that there's like a tree with like a normal <laughs> swing, and then there's another one where you can climb up and like literally, you know, if you make a mistake, you'll like definitely be in the hospital. Class four slats on a tree. Yeah, like with rusty nails <laughs> and none of the boards are they're like hammered in, like no shoes. Ago, maybe. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy out there. Class four slats. Is that an actual thing? <laughs> yeah. Special knows what I'm talking about. We have Bernard Wolf. Bernie. Hey, Wolfie. happy birthday, Bernie Wolf. Happy birthday, yeah. Bernie. Happy birthday to you. Russ, not fuss kinder. Don't Peace Pisco Gully. What I got? Bobby yeah. Walters. Beep. Beep. Trevor, smoke it if you got it. The bowl. Loaded up. John Weedman. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell, Diane Pinkers, Stein, 
David, bowl of pasta as big as your fresh water so, so, so He sleeps with the fishes. Justin Quality Knowles. Quality, Quality California. Masterson. Masterson. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. The Bachelor. Pat. The Bouncer Dixon. Get out of here. The Weekend. Back on the trail. Stephen the Hustler Russell. Uh-huh. Ammon the Brute. Bruce. Renee. Mm-hmm. Shira. Patrick. Wesley, the Haggis Addicts, Greenwood, Kevin, Chickpea Cross, and Sasha, Honeydew, Codette, Chilo, Not Tim Williams, Jaguars, Go Jags, Tommy, the Meat Popsicle, Stevens, Joseph, Pecker, Aro, Branded, Lost Balls, Love Lady, Shira, Blady, and Brian, the Big Mac, Mara, Patty, Max, Sisu, Matiscala, Please hey. with the fishes. Felipe Gilbert. 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 Dave, the old, ancient, crusted up geode hail. What's Is he still on the trail? Is he still on the trail? What's he doing? I get open. Uh, no. I'm not sure. He's back huh. in Colorado. Steven yeah. Robin Hood. Lost balls. Just Tony Sheboygan Brewing Pits. Rachel Dye, Bam Dye, Merchant, Eric, Adequate, Johnson. What a guy. Dan. Good enough. The Big Ho. (laughs) (laughs) T. Hompson? Is that Dan T. Hompson? Martin the Roswater. I think it's Dante. I think it's Dante, guys. Oh, it's Dante Hompson. (laughs) Yeah. Richie Rich. Lemuel Glasgow. Lemuel. Mark. The nuclear farmer, Homer. Narmer. Mm, look at all the fields of Sarah. isotopes. Sarah, Compass Haynes, Eric Robertson, Rober, Daniel Fundip Sharp, Kill Bill Patrell, Kill so Fun, Bob Trombley, Death Kill, Death March Bob, DMT the God, oh, DMT the look God. at that, God. Woody Yukon Caboose, Bass, Bass, bring it up, Matt Frantum, Tim the Hooch Hoochins. Oh, love Paul that True Love, Jacob the Iron True Triangle, love, Dooley, True Iron love, Triangle, obey Three Sides, Curtis Ware, The, The, uh, Tyler, The Kerminator, Kermoade, Kermoade, I feel like Kermoade should be a Gatorade drink that's green. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Kermit. Yeah. Sponsored yeah. Made by Kermit the Frog. And we got some new, new monthly donors. New. No way. Ooh. We've got... Wow. Andrew Paget. New. We've got the Stingray Fitch. New. New. The Stingray. Stingray. And we have Marvin Maverick Kessler. Maverick. Hmm. What up? Maverick. Maverick. If you don't know who he is, look him up on the gram. He's he's quite quite the personality. He's pretty fun to follow. And then we have some one we have one one off. We have Brian Som, the fly fish guy. Hmm. The fly oh. fish guy. And salty nice. donated scones and beers. Thank you, salty. Oh, that's solid, salty. Yep. None of them got here to Florida, but. No, they don't travel well, <laughs> no, you know. They don't, just... Yeah, they just don't travel <laughs> so well. Good night. Yeah. All right, let's take our last break. We come back with Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo. Maybe a 10 steak review, maybe not. We don't know. Don't go anywhere.
Hi, I never listened to the Trail Show. I love you. Hey, Trail Show, this is Samuel. And I'm driving from western Pennsylvania all the way to Tacoma, Washington, but I refuse to listen to the Trail Show. <laughs> okay. I mean, was okay. that a promo? I mean, fair enough. Fair you enough. just wanted to let us know. Okay. Okay, we'll we'll take that, Lemuel. We appreciate that. Um, I'm going to cue up the music. We've got Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo, ladies and gentlemen. DiLo, did you have any questions this month? No. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> right. to, wait a minute. No. No. That, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, that's two. not true. You I have two. one question. One no, question. just one. Okay. Yes. This question is from a PCT 2021 hiker named Deborah Downer. And Deborah asks, and your name's Deborah. <laughs> My friends at the trail show. It's been another hot, smoky summer in much of the American West. Hiking on the PCT in Northern California is nearly impossible with closures. And were one to hike through the smoke, it would be thick and a health risk. It may take years for the trail to reopen in this area. And then on top of that, we have heat waves where towns in NorCal and Oregon have high temperatures, 30 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit above normal. It feels like this has become the new normal over the past few years. What does climate change hold in store for through hikers? Is the through hike of yesteryear over? If so, what's the new through hike going to be like? Sorry to kill your buzz. And that is from Deborah Downer. Wow. Yeah. That's well, tough, man. I'll start I'll start off response to Deborah with maybe the maybe the traditional through hike of the American West is dead. Maybe you go out and you hike as much as you can until it starts burning. And then maybe you go to Europe, you mm-hmm. know, because that Snowdonia way, while it's only 91 miles, ain't burning. It's not on fire, you know. True. So you, you're not going to escape climate change. It's everywhere. It's coming for you. It's coming for us all. But you can go to some places where it's not happening right here and now. Yeah, and lucky. the, P- and the if, PCT you know, is not one of those places. <laughs> it is not, nor is the CDT, to be honest with you. I mean, like, yeah. the CDT is not burnt. Well, I don't know what the story is in Idaho. Like, if you're hiking in the Montana-Idaho border right now, there's probably a lot of smoke yep. um, coming and going, depending on which way the prevailing winds are moving and weather systems are and whatnot. But there's a lot of fires in northern Idaho. Yeah, I think the fires are... I mean, as I said during the trail news segment, there's definitely uh, a lot of them out there. And and if you just look up at the sky in most parts of the U.S. right now, you're going to see some some trace of, of the smoke. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be pretty, tr- pretty tough to pull off a border to border through hike on things like the PCT. Um, CDT is maybe going to have some difference, but it, it's going to have some problems, too. PCT is definitely tough. I mean, and honestly, I don't know that it's not such a new phenomenon. In 2008, 13 years ago, when POD and I through hiked the PCT, we had to divert three separate times for wildfires in 08. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would submit it's been happening for over a decade. And yeah, maybe it's getting worse, but it's the trend is there. It's it's yeah. been happening for a while. 
definitely that they have always been something that you might have to contend with on a on a pct hike um i've i had to go around a fire in 2010 there were fire issues in 2006 there was stuff that was closed because of former fires you know yeah uh like a year or two before and things like that so it's certainly always been a feature of a of a western through hike but it's gotten yeah, so much it's, worse it's a lot mm-hmm. worse it's yeah. a lot worse yeah. and it's pretty it's, it's pretty it's, rough to to yeah. see it happen like to to the degree that it is year after year and and that degree just getting worse but one can one can hike in areas where it's not worse right now and that's not to say that it's not going to be there won't be other climate change related issues in those areas in the years to come there will be but you know where i was for the month of july i mean it rained almost every day but uh there was no fires and the air was good and yeah. you know we talked about hiking and wetness and and how to deal with that on the last show but like you could hike the trans adirondack route or the northville placid trail or the long, or the long trail, trail. Or yeah. sections of the at and I mean, it's not a Western through hike with the Western vistas and the high peaks and everything, but you know, you're not inhaling yeah. smoke for the next two months. So, I mean, I've got a, our good friend Skittles is on the Pacific Northwest trail right now and he's been eating smoke for weeks. So yeah, he yeah. just, hey, went you know what? Northern Idaho. I yeah. think mm-hmm. it's time for the Pacific Coast Trail to be a thing. Yeah, to be right. an actual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Totally. Because uh, it's a rare that coastal the smoke, trail. Yeah, it's rare that the smoke actually drips um, westward from when it's burning in Northern California, right? You have to get kind of a particular weather phenomena, a low pressure system that's kind of bringing it around uh, in that direction. So that's yeah. not Triple really. What yeah, the prevailing winds are usually east. Yeah. Triple O, this is your wheelhouse, I, I mean, man. I what think, do you think? I think just like you said, like fire has always been a problem in the West, but it's like everything to do with climate change. It amplifies and makes any problem bigger. Like the fires are now bigger. The hurricanes in Florida are now bigger and stronger. The droughts are going to be longer. The raining season, like a big flood event is going to be bigger. Um, climate change is not going to change things um like drastically into like new things like you're not going to have a hurricane hit portland oregon but everything that happens is going to be a little bit more extreme and that's this is what it is and you know it's 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 a shame i i think as far as through hiking goes you know you got to start thinking you know, like really following the snow years and trying to get in there as early as possible there'll be many years you can probably get into the sierras way before the whole june 15th used to be like this year right this year you could have hiked the sierras in may yeah you know and then you would if you would have been in the sierra if you would have met kennedy meadows at may one there'd be no snow this year because the snow was gone and you would have been in oregon southern oregon um come july right so you would have missed all you would have fires yeah, so yeah. It, it's it's tricky. Yeah, nothing. It gives you a better shot. Yeah, more yeah, time. It sounds like you could dodge yeah. around the fires. It seems yeah. like the theme is that you've got to be more flexible as a through hiker in yeah. in the current day and age, and you've got to be willing to flip and flop and and do whatever yeah. you can to get around fires. You you might. I mean, the idea of like being able to walk the PCT from Mexico to Canada in one shot. I think that's almost impossible nowadays. And I think you, you can't be married to it, continuous footsteps in one straight line. I, 
it's impossible. And and it's all it's all luck. Like it's not yeah, based it's on your totally skill luck. or like your no. determination. It's totally gonna be based on well, did the lightning strike in the wrong place for you, mm -hmm. or did some yeah. idiot with a campfire camp two weeks before you got to Belden? I mean, I don't know what started that fire, but like. It's, it's, it's always frustrating when you're through hiking and you, you have to change your, your route or your plan due to something that isn't, it feels so out of your control. Right. But that's, that's the gist of it, right? Like climate change is out of our own personal control, right? Like any yeah. nature is out of our own personal control, right? So it's like, you gotta, you gotta roll with the punches, but I think it does, it does kind of warrant the discussion of like, why do we have to hike the PCT? Why can't we hike something else? Why can't we hike something in Ohio? Why can't we hike something in New York? Why can't we go to Europe? You know, like people from all from Europe Florida come here trail. to hike all these trails. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why can't we hike the Florida Trail in a you can in the summer in in in, the summer. in, the, in the abnormally cool July in Florida? Right? Like, oh my gosh, Florida is having the coldest July ever. I'm gonna go hike the Florida Trail, right? You know what I mean? Like, and you hike it. It was not cold you know? in Florida. No, I know, but you never That's know. Special. Like climate, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I mean, but one thing to think about is is also like this is this is the beginning of it, right? This is gonna <laughs> yeah, get yeah get That's... worse unless unless you you vote for politicians and policy changes that will will try and curb this. This is like it's so not the, like the, oh now the there's gonna be this, this is amount of fires. Like there's gonna be we've... even more. We've we've just begun the the rapid change, um, and you know this this is only in the last several years that we've begun to see these these fires, and like fires are going to be one of the one of the more obvious signs that we will see. You know, a few more hurricanes, hurricanes being a little bit stronger, stuff like that. It's not quite as obvious as like half your country being on fire, or like when the Amazon was on fire, or the bar the brush fires in Australia. And so this really is kind of like phase one of, of accelerated obvious signs of climate change. So yeah, but solutions just, are out there. We I just know that, gotta, that all sounds know. super bleak, but you know, there is hope people, people are, uh -huh. you know, trying hard, but it does take everyone really, it takes big policy changes. So vote for the yeah. right people, pressure your state governments, pressure national governments. And, you know, hopefully our, the next generations will still be able to hike these trails to some degree. And pressure your local municipalities. A lot mm -hmm. of energy generation takes place at, at, a, at local and regional levels. Uh, so, you know, there, there is certainly work and gains to be done, gains to be made uh, at, at the local and regional levels when it comes to electricity generation. Yeah. I think we got to leave it right there. Yeah. On that note. This is the part of the show on, on this hiking podcast. <laughs> this is the part of the hiking podcast where we end the hiking podcast. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Snorkel for sharing her adventure on the Snowdonia Way. You can find uh, more information on the Snowdonia Way coming soon to treelinereview.com. Big thanks to all our hotline callers. You too can say your piece by calling the hotline at 720 893. 2269 69. 69 Big thanks goes to Salty and to Trail Show Nation for tonight's frosty beverages and thanks goes to all our great monthly PayPal donors get yourself a limited edition Mud Falcon sticker care of Out of Order and a Trail Show koozie right now 
by heading over to paypal.me slash the trail show or by clicking the PayPal button at thetrailshow.com and hitting yours, your, your favorite podcast in the world with $15 or more donation. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com. We're on Twitter at Trail Show. We're on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts app, and everywhere else you get your favorite shows. Another Trail Show is coming gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in September for our post-Labor Day spectacular that is guaranteed to be full of beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for POD, Special 41, Triple O, D-Lo, and Trail Show 6 Chair, Snorkel, I'm Disco. Ciao. All the way. All right, I, I got to go fish my bite belt out of the toilet. I'll be right back. Bite belt. Yeah, could you look for <laughs> mine while you're in there? <laughs> just really clean it out. Just clean the inside. It'd be all good. over Los Angeles, right? You yeah. just you can just yeah. like rinse it in cold water and it'll be fine, yeah. right? Styling. Styling. Spit on it. You just got to yeah. blow it off. You just got to wipe it on your uh, on sure. your, your cooler go. cloth. Well, if you've got if you've got a wet wipe, you could just you know get it all get it all up in there. Just sanitize, sanitize it. Dilo, it. it got dark out on your patio, man. It did. The lights behind me. All right, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Adios. Good night, everybody. Tell me more about the Roman ruin. Is that considered historical trash, um, or is that <laughs> so old that it is now positive? <laughs> I've pooped into a bag, D-Lo, more than once. So next time you're considering the unconsiderable, consider the mountain house pee bag. Teo, do you listen to the trail show? No, never, ever. <laughs>